time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Rocking and rolling on another Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller. Glenn's a registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. You can find him in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road or online at greensbororetirement.com. I suppose, Glenn, you're not actually like on the road if someone drives down Mears Chapel Road, but you're you're off of Mears Chapel Road, I should say. <laughs> That's right. You're not, you're not just wandering around aimlessly on Mears Chapel Road. That would be very dangerous. Like when my uh, parents told me growing up to go play on Wendover, you know, I think we all maybe had a, had a parent or two that might have suggested that to us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you uh, want to get in touch with Glenn at any time, you can go online at greensbororetirement.com. That's greensbororetirement.com. I'm just kidding about my mom telling me to go play on Wendover, by the way. that's uh, don't, don't call social services or anything like that. We've got a good podcast on the way for you today where we're going to talk about being realistic about your retirement. And I think, Glenn, this is an honest conversation because we often will be unrealistic about our expectations for a couple of different things, how ready we are for retirement, um, how lavishly we might be able to live in retirement, or the other direction, how maybe we're not, we don't think we're ready for retirement, when maybe we're more prepared than we thought we were. Kind of a couple of different areas where we see people not being realistic or at least their expectations are out of line with where reality is as they get ready to make big life decisions, these major decisions that are impending, and we're not being realistic about the situation as a whole. So I want to look at some of the different scenarios, some of the situations where expectations may be out of whack and how you kind of bring things back in line. And let's start with the folks who, and I'm sure you've seen this, who have been you know, extremely ambitious and have these unrealistic expectations about what they can achieve with their current retirement savings. Do you have any examples or uh, scenarios that kind of fit that description that you've seen often in the office there in Greensboro? Yeah, Walter. I mean, you know, you see these situations from time to time. And, and you know what, one of the biggest challenges that, that people really have is, is that, you know, when you think about, okay, well, I've got X number of dollars saved into my retirement account, you know, and you start thinking of that as just as a number, it's like, well, that seems like a lot of money. I should be able to do, I should be able to, you know, take income from that and, you know, for time to come and it'll grow and all these things will happen. But realistically, I mean, you have to look and say, well, okay, but you've got to draw an income for how many years, you know, maybe 20, 25, 30 years, possibly longer. And suddenly when you start thinking about, well, how much was your salary? How much income did you have coming in on a regular basis? And, you know, how much can this really produce through time? What are the growth expectations that you can have when you when you transition to retirement? So, you know, you see situations like this. We've we actually talked about this in, in previous podcasts, you know, when we talk about, you know, well, do I have enough money to retire? And the ultimate answer to that is, is well, let's talk about what, what are your expenses and, you know, what is the money that's going out the door versus the money that's coming in the door? And we can start looking at, well, what's a reasonable withdrawal rate? And then we can have an idea as, as to whether or not it's going to last. But folks, we've really got to need to start thinking about, you know, well, you know, how much risk can you take? You know, what's your withdrawal rate? You know, what's a reasonable withdrawal rate? You know, are there ways to be able to increase that? You know, maybe it's delaying retirement or delaying when you're taking money out of, out of that account or maybe repositioning in that account into a different, you know, financial product that does a little different things. Or maybe you segment some of your money to shorter term and then some of your money to longer term. It's really coming down to you know, that income plan again and making sure that it lasts and being efficient with it. 
And boy, that's a tricky thing. And, and it's really it's really challenging for people to look at a lump sum in their account and think, oh, OK, you know, well, how much income can I draw from this? You start thinking about it and you, and you think, well, let's just hypothetically say, I mean, I think most people have, have heard about the four percent rule and, and maybe they understand a little bit about it. But the idea is, is that if you were able to withdraw, you know, four percent of out of your account, you know, maybe starting at age 65, that it would last you through your, you know, your life expectancy. Well, you know, if you had a million dollars, Walter, I mean, a million dollars seems like a lot of money, right? Yeah. I mean, if you were to pile it on the desk, it'd be, you know, it would be beyond most people's comprehension. But at the same time, you think about, well, what's 4% of that? Well, that's $40,000, you know, and you think, well, you know, I mean, a lot of people make $40,000, but, you know, do you really have to have, you know, a million dollars to create $40,000 of income? And the reality is, is that you probably do. And you, in, in today's interest rate environment, you might actually have to have, you know, more than that saved because you know, we might not be able to, to draw 4%. So it's something that you really have to you kind of evaluate. And that's why I say doing that full analysis and figuring out, you know, how much is your Social Security going to pay and how much is this going to, you know, maybe you have a pension, you know, how much cash flow are you going to be able to derive from that? And really starting to dive into all the details to make sure that you have a sustainable plan that you can draw the money that you need to support the lifestyle that you have. Yeah, it's a great point, I think, Glenn, and something we all need to consider. What about the other end of the spectrum, though, where those folks who are, this probably what creates pleasant conversations for you, folks who have low expectations of what they can achieve in retirement, and then they realize they're in better shape than they thought they were after meeting with you. Oh, no, I, you, see, you see those too, Walter. Those tend to be the folks that are, you know, really savers and they, and they, you know, they have the, they've had the blinders on for years and years and years and they've just been saving and saving and saving. They never have the sense that they have enough, you know, and I'm, I you know, have a number of those cases, you know, when I come in and people become clients, you know, and sit down and, you know, when we, I remember in a couple of cases in particular where, you know, we sat down and we start talking about, you know, well, they say, well, I've saved this much and, and I, you know, I'm just not sure if I'm going to have enough, you know, to retire. And I was like, what kind of income do you do you feel like you need and want? And they say, well, you know, I have Social Security coming in and I have, you know, I have a pension over here. You know, I'd like to have, you know, maybe, a, you know, a few five, six, seven, eight hundred, maybe even a thousand dollars a month. I mean, that would be great. I would be kind of where I would need to be because my house is paid off and this and that. And yet you look at what they've saved and it's like, well, you know, you could maybe do two or three times that with all the work that you've done in terms of saving. You know, that's not a problem. You know, why are you still working? And they'll like, well, I just I feel like I need to keep working. You know, I've always worked my whole life. And and, you know, you see those situations, too, Walter. And, and that's like you say, that's a far easier conversation to have. But, you know, it's it's very, very difficult for folks to gauge, you know, how are they going to take a lump sum of money that they've saved their entire life and then turn it into an income stream? That's kind of an unusual thing because, like I say, you spent your whole life saving it, and now you have to think about, well, okay, now I'm going to start spending it. That's very difficult for a lot of people to think about because it's like, well, the whole point was to save it, and now now you're telling me all these years later and decades later that I'm going to start spending it. That's a hard leap for some people to make. Yeah, real hard leap for a lot of people. So we've kind of talked philosophically about a couple of these things so far, Glenn, but let's maybe get down to a little bit more specific examples of where this you know, realistic approach to retirement sometimes gets out of whack. I know you've got to be asked this question a lot because a lot of people, it's on their mind. They're, they're thinking about potential return. They're thinking about growth. For someone approaching retirement, what really is a reasonable rate of growth to expect on investments throughout those retirement years? Well, Walter, you know, I, I think that, again, I, mean, I have to give the answer that it depends because 
I think, you know, we've talked in previous podcasts about, you know, like giving your money a mission or thinking about, you know, segmenting your money off into, like, say, we have a bucket of money over here to do this or a bucket of money to do that. And realistically, you know, we have to think in terms of, you know, what money are we going to be drawing from from income for maybe, let's say, maybe the next five or 10 years? Well, with those dollars, you're probably not going to be looking to get a, a large rate of return because it needs to be stable and you know that it needs to be predictable. And so if you put money at risk where it has the opportunity to may, maybe grow more, well, then it's going to be more volatile. And, and if you're trying to draw income from a volatile account, then if things go down dramatically, then now your now your income plan is not going to work anymore. And so now we've got a problem. So you got to think in terms of, well, my rate of return for this portion of money, you know, might be this and versus the growth portion of my money might be that. And so, it, again, it really kind of comes down to how much money have you saved? How much income do you need? And, you know, and how are we going to segment your money to achieve your goals? I mean, because your goals might be different than the next. To give you an example, you know, I have one uh, couple who's a client and, you know, Mrs. was a retired school teacher and she actually retired from two different uh, school systems. And so she has two pensions and Mr. retired from a large corporation and he has a pension. And then they both have, of course, they have their social security checks. So they have five streams of income that are coming in that are, that are reliable, that they know is there every single month. And they're actually able to save money from that because it's more money than they, than they really spend on a regular basis. And then they saved other monies. Well, that other money that they save, they don't have to create income out of it so much. So they can be maybe a little bit more aggressive and look for a larger rate of return. Whereas, you know, you look at a, in another situation where, you know, folks don't necessarily have those pensions coming in and they've got they've got to actually take their what their savings was and create their own pension out of it. Well, you know, when we're looking at you know, making reliable income out of out of that bucket of money, we have to maybe lower our expectations in terms of growth, because if we're going for big growth, that then tends to mean that we're going to take more risk. And then if we have a lot of volatility, it's very, very hard to you know plan for income. So I would say that really the key, Walter, is to not really say, well, how much money am I going to make on my money You know, when I'm in retirement? It's more like, let's look at your overall situation and let's see how is the best way to position your money so that you can have access to the money that you need to live your life. Because realistically, that's why you saved it in the first place. You know, most people aren't really investors, so to speak. I, I always say that, that most people are people who are saving for retirement and they use investment vehicles to grow their money. But once they reach retirement, then they really want to make sure that that money is going to last and they can have predictable income. And so now we have to look at, our, hey, our money is going to do a little bit different job than it was doing before. And so I think realistically, that's how we need to be looking at it and shift our perspective to make sure that, hey, our money is there to do certain jobs. When we enter different phases of life, then it's there to do different things for you. Does that make sense, Walter? Makes a lot of sense, and I think that's why it's so important to have these kinds of conversations, Glenn. So I think that's a nice kind of uh, capsule of the conversation around reasonable rate of growth to expect on your investments during retirement. But what about cash flow to create an income? How much money, what's a reasonable amount to be able to expect to draw down on our investments without having to worry about running out of money. Something like that, I guess this is where that old 4% rule comes from that a lot of people still subscribe to? Right, you're exactly right, Walter. And you know, the thing about that 4% rule, like we were talking about just a little bit ago, is, is that unfortunately that 4% rule was created back in the 90s 
and interest rates were higher back then. They've come down significantly now that now they're beginning to rise, but they're still nowhere near where they were in the in the 90s. And so, you know, a reasonable rate of withdrawal rate from an account is, you know, to some extent, it's going to be dependent upon, you know, how that account's positioned. You know, are you using any kind of insurance products to make sure that it's that it's going to be there or is it all subject to risk? But in general terms, I mean, you, you want to be thinking along the lines of four might be a little bit ambitious, right? I mean, you might need to think in terms of lowering that down a little bit. Or if you think, well, gosh, I'm going to need to have more income coming out of that amount of money, and, and I'm not really concerned about you know legacy in some cases. Well, I mean, if you're less concerned about legacy and you're wanting to make sure that you can kind of you know create a little bit more income, then you might you know, turn to the insurance world where the where the you know the payout percentages might be actually higher than four percent, depending upon how old you are. But realistically, you know, you have to think along those lines. I mean, you're not going to be able to take you know a lot if you're going to make sure that it's lasting 20 or 30 years. But, you know, it might range anywhere from, you know, two and a half to three percent on the low side to maybe, you know, four or five, maybe five and a half percent, you know, on the on the high side, particularly if you've retired later and or if you're using some insurance products to create that reliable income. You know, it, it really depends, but it's going to be somewhere in that range is the, the thinking in terms of, you know, how much money do I have to have saved when you start looking at all your other income and then you've got your savings. It's got to create how much income. Well, we want to think about what's our withdrawal rate? How much can we take out? Well, given this conversation, Glenn, how do you handle the conversations that come up with folks who have these expectations about their retirement, their way out of whack, whether they be at one end of the spectrum or the other? How do you, how do you approach those conversations and, and tackle those issues? Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> wise, wise answer, I mean, right? No, I mean, that's true because, I mean, ultimately, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to help folks, Right. But oftentimes, you know, opinions and thoughts and, you know, and beliefs have formed over time, right? And it's not really my job to come in there and say, you know, well, you're, you know, you're all wrong on this. You need to do this and that. You know, really what, what my job is is to really, you know, try to understand, you know, what their perspective is and understand what their resources are, you know, and then, you know, start having those conversations about, you know, what I know best and what I do best is to determine, you know, how can, you know, how's the best way to, to say this? How's the best way to withdraw this? How can we be the most efficient? In typical terms, most people really haven't had that much training in that area. And they have certain preconceived notions that, that they have and, and they can come from all different places. They can come from reading a book or just their experience in life or maybe their lessons that they were taught when they were kids and they've just held on to them forever. They can come from all different places. But, you know, sometimes that, you know, you, you may have expectations that are not quite exactly the way they need to be. And there's almost always situations where folks just don't they don't know what they don't know. There's always things that are outside of awareness, and suddenly if you, it's like you become aware of something, and it's like, well, I didn't know that, that we could do that, or I didn't know that the tax code worked this way versus that way in terms of Social Security, for example. You know, well, now suddenly you know, we're able to, to be a little bit more efficient because we're entertaining different strategies and looking at things in a holistic manner versus, oh, well, I, you know, this is what I have to do, and this is what I've always you know, believed to be true. And sometimes what you believe to be true turns out not to be true simply because that there was elements that you didn't know. And then once you become aware of new facts, then it then changes everything. I mean, and I think people can draw from that basic idea. I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen in life that it's like, oh, I didn't really realize that. You know, now that I know that, I'm going to make a different decision. 
that might be, you know, in the area of health or it might be, you know, something that, that comes along in your job or maybe technology. And it's like you go to the store and, you know, and, uh, you know, I had this experience myself, you know, just the other day in terms of thinking about, well, you know, I was frustrated with my cable bill. It's like, you know, I can pay that bill, but it's like, I really don't like sending them that much money every month. Is there a way that I could do this or that? And they started talking to me at the store about, the, you know, you can start streaming these channels and those channels and there's this app and there's that app. And it was like, wow, I didn't know that. And so, you know, and so I made some different decisions, you know, to be able to, to rearrange how I was doing things just simply because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I think everybody can kind of relate to that in, in all different areas of life. And of course, you know, finances are no different. I mean, there's always there's always new things to learn, especially if that's not your area of expertise and you haven't spent a lot of time studying those things. Well, it all comes down to a conversation and talking about these things. And it really just begins with a simple act of giving Glenn a call or going online to schedule a free consultation or just poke around, learn a little bit more about Glenn and the team in Greensboro and what you might be able to learn, what the conversations would look like when you come in to talk. You can find out all that information at GreensboroRetirement.com. That's GreensboroRetirement.com. Click on free consultation down at the bottom of the page and you can schedule that time to meet. You can also call Glenn the old-fashioned way, 336 291 3535 to schedule that get together. That's 336-291-3535 and ask your questions about planning for retirement and your financial future. For Glenn Mosseller, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next time on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. 